Welcome to Watch This Space, the podcast about future of work. Every month, we bring you insider perspectives on how digital transformation, emerging technologies, and generational change are shaping the future of work. We are two analog guys finding the groove for all of this in today's digital world. I'm John Arnold, and these trends are my focus as an independent technology analyst in my company, J. Arnold & Associates. I'm Chris Fine. I'm an independent consultant and strategist specializing in workplace technology, IoT, and security. My company is Integrative Technologies. Hi everyone. Hi John. Welcome to another month of Watch This Space. All right. Yes, Chris, great to be back for another month and we are officially in the fall season now. So no more shorts, no more hot weather for now. But I, I won't say no if it comes back again. But yeah, here we are. Uh, after Labor Day and um, certainly the fall always sparks kind of the busy season in my world anyways of conferences so I'll be doing a lot of traveling over the next probably I don't know through all almost all of October and a good chunk of November so uh, I will have tales to tell when I get back from some of those events but uh, doing all right and I hope you're doing fine too. Doing well thanks John it looks like it's going to be a busy fall for me as well, which is which is good. Um, are you uh, doing any gigs with your band at any of these uh, get-togethers? Yes, the Siptones ride again, figuratively, and I think almost literally because we're going to be in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I am pretty pretty psyched about that. So we have our industry association called SCTC. Society of Communications Technology Consultants. Um, within that group, uh, I'm kind of one of the few analysts who's active there, but we get along really well. And my uh, my my raison d'etre for being in that association is actually because, yeah, Chris, I'm in the band. Um, so we are all in there that group of consultants, and I've been there. Key guy, keyboard guy and occasional guitar guy for several years and so we get to play at industry events so this is our own industry event so we uh, are in rehearsal practice mode now and we'll be doing our set during the conference and uh, it's always fun because especially when you're playing for your peers you know they all know us we're all kind of we all have similar tastes in music and uh, you know it's it's not a professional gig we're just having fun and that's the way that's the way it should be, right? I mean, we just want to enjoy it and bring some, you know, bring a little bit of uh, live entertainment to uh, to our event. So let's go. Well, I think you guys are pretty good. So I would uh, say anybody who's going to be at one of these industry events and you see the sip tones playing, you definitely want to go uh, grab a beverage and listen to these guys play. They're they're pretty good. Well, thanks. Yeah, we have our moments. You know, we've all been doing this a long time, right? So as an occasional band, yeah, we gel pretty well. And if you want to see what we do, um, I have a whole bunch of clips uh, on my website. I have a section called My Music uh, from my, my business website where I share video clips of our of our uh, some of our better songs and um, lots of photos too from various shows and my own musical kind of travels so that's the fun side of what I get to do and I share it on the website when I can and uh, yeah there's always stuff there's always stuff to update with the music and uh, you know even though we play stuff Chris and then we'll, we'll get to our real topic for today but you know for our generation you know the 60s and 70s stuff 
when you do it well, it still sounds great and people love it. And uh, we don't get tired of playing it at all. It's uh, it's just fun, good music. I think a lot of uh, younger people like it too, or at least that's the feedback I get out there. So that's all that's all good, uh, John. That's 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 great. And your website is jarnoldassociates.com, as you said. Yes. Right. That's that would be where people would find this. Uh, you had said, I think we talked that you now are going to work on a, a way to submit comments or to, uh, you know, to questions on behalf of the podcast. Uh, so could could you give us a little update on that, please? Sure. Yes. So uh, as we had last episode, Chris, you had some uh, listener comments and some more for today's episode to share, too. So out of that, um, we realized there wasn't really an easy way for people to share feedback or suggestions, right, for future topics. So at the moment, what, we, what I've been able to do is I've added a comments section on my the same website you just mentioned, Chris, in the podcast section of my website. Not hard to find. All the drop-down menus are pretty easy to navigate. So people can leave comments there. When we close out the podcast today, I uh, always provide the website that is dedicated for just our podcast. That's another way to access them. Um, we haven't figured out a way to add a comments box there, um, but I, I'm going to work. I'm coming up with a workaround for that to at least give people a way to do it. So you know, we obviously we will take any and all input as long as it's uh, civil. And uh, we don't. If you don't like it, that's fine too. We're always looking for ways to do it better, right, Chris? Exactly, John. Exactly. So you want to hear a little bit of the feedback that that I've come had come in over the last month? Um, drum, drum roll, though, right? Okay. All right. Nothing. No. Wow. Um, so nothing. Um, nothing cataclysmic, but uh, we did get a, some follow up from our um, uh, working correspondent who had. Uh, talked to us last time about uh, getting back to work and the, the back to office mandates. And uh, the update that we got was that, you know, maybe it's not so bad as people thought it was going to be, that there's some, at least in her situation, there's some flexibility on behalf of the employer where they don't force you to put in arbitrary FaceTime. You're supposed to be there. But if you finish, if you or your team finishes a little early, they're not going to force you to sit there till five o'clock. And, um, there's been some articles in with it that have been saying that the return rate has gone up slightly above 50%, which is still definitely a matter of concern with real estate, as we've talked about, but is up at least 10% since the end of the summer when the mandates first started. So uh, it would seem that coming back to work is gaining a little bit of traction, but I think it has a a long way to go. So that was the first item of feedback I had. I don't know what you thought about that. Yeah, hold that thought because I've got a few things that will tie into our topic today on that. But uh, I think you had another piece of feedback as well. Well, I also did hear that uh, our attempted more to create a little bit more energy and volume was good, that it had improved the podcast. So thanks again to our correspondent who suggested that we do this. Both John and I have a little bit of uh, ancient radio background. So we're just trying to envision a little bit more that we're on the radio than we're kind of talking in our living room. And hopefully that's going to help increase the energy level here on the air with the podcast, John. That was So I got some good feedback on that. 
Well, I think we have to take a page out of the Saturday Night Live weekend update model where you and I are the, the anchors and we, we will, maybe we'll have some spontaneous guests who will appear. I don't know. We'll have to <laughs> create some, some new characters. <laughs> I, I've, I've thought of a few real guests we could always try to come on. We haven't tackled that one yet, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I think if we just try to think like anybody who's basically more in the broadcast business than just uh, two analog guys talking, as we always have, you know, we'll still be talking, but maybe we'll be talking a little louder. Well, coming back to what you said about maybe the younger generation being, you know, liking what we like as well. So um, I do my share of video uh, interviews and I do them uh, in a section of my house that's more in my living room. Uh, it's just the best layout for lighting and uh, wall space. I'm not into coming up with fancy you know, virtual backdrops and stuff like that. But anyways, I get comments every now and then. If, if uh, people look at what's in my background, they can see off in the corner, are those vinyl records? And it starts a conversation, <laughs> a sidebar conversation about music. And they say, wow, you have a lot of records. And I have a few vinyl, but not like that. So it's like, it's a good conversation starter. And, and hearing that from a younger person was great because I know some of them are like embracing analog, you know, music and the whole thing about LPs, right? Versus the digital versions. And it's, we, we love it, right? It's just, that's what we're, that's all we really care about, I think. And uh, it's just good to see that resonate. So, so Absolutely. you never know what people are looking at in the background. <laughs> you never know. Vinyl's outselling CD now. Did you know? I mean, no, it's not outselling digital downloads and streaming, but vinyl had the best year since the 80s last year, and it's only going up this year. So, and everything old is new again. Cassette, you know, we we don't we could do a little show about that, but we don't want to. We're forward-looking, futuristic kind of people, so yeah. we don't want to get too caught up in that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get back to topic, folks, because we actually do have some stuff to do here, and. I just want to, so to your, the first comment, right, about coming back to the office, oh, it's not so bad. I've certainly hinted at this, and you too, I think, Chris, in earlier episodes, that I think the pendulum swings both ways. This, I'm in the office, I'm staying at home for everything, and I think people's tunes will change with the times. So going through fears of, you know, we just had a big interest rate hike this week, right? And the same thing in Canada, by the way, three quarters of a point, putting the brakes on inflation. Um, people getting worried about layoffs and all that, you know, all the gloom and doom stuff. And I think people will be a little more accommodating about going back to the office. You know, having a job is better than no job. So I think there's going to be some play there back and forth. But what I did want to say was the idea of going back to the office, we all know it's a hard balance to strike. And to me, the, the underlying theme that's going to make that back to office work is, yes, what they said about the flexibility which they really, you gotta cut, you gotta come meet people halfway with that stuff. And I think there's plenty of room to do that. But also the idea, and we've talked about this before too, you've gotta make that workplace a better experience than being at home, right? There's gotta be something there that they can't get from being at home. And this is where a lot of the tech, I think, comes into the picture about, you know, just having all the basics of, you know, more, more reliable, faster, safer, more secure broadband, 
you know, all the peripherals around you, like printers, right, things that you may not have at home. And But a big one, I just saw a Wall Street Journal article, article about this, is um, this, one of the other perks that they can offer with this is more, not so much that open concept office, but also private spaces in the office, just like we used to have, because they don't get that at home, right? If they're working off a dining room table with kids and pets and spouses running around in constant chaos, having a quiet, dedicated office space in the office sounds like a pretty good idea, don't you? Yeah, I think you need a mixture it, because it's it, it should be you should be able to execute whatever task you need to in a good environment and um, should have some choice about where you do that. I think you need a variety of different kinds of spaces and environments and more companies are trying to do that. So that that's a good thing. And I also think that that companies are realizing, and this will get into our kind of tech topic, that you need to give people choice. You need to give people the ability to work with their teams and work with their own job content to feel that they have the ability to be flexible in how they do things. And that's that could you could still say that there has to be a certain amount of in-work, but if you do that in kind of an autocratic way and you don't make provisions to try to accommodate the flexibility and dynamicism of hybrid work, it's not really going to work. Because again, to your point, the office just isn't making a compelling argument as to why you need to be in there. It's just because you you have to. But I, being a somewhat optimistic person and being sort of technological, I kind of feel that there is a way around this, that there is a next generation of technology a next generation approaches in areas like um, immersive, not the metaverse necessarily, but just more immersive and better engineered hybrid conferencing where some people are there and some people aren't there. And just better AV, better spaces, better interior design, things like that, you know, better and obviously better technology applications. Uh, I think you could get to where you have a pretty fluid environment where, you know, people in many types of roles are going to be fine with the benefits of spending a certain amount of time in the office. But I just think there's a lot of work to be done to get a lot of organizations to that point. You see what I mean? Oh, I think this could be a boon to actually innovation about, you know, just reimagining work altogether. And I think this could be the ultimate silver lining that comes out of this whole hybrid work, pandemic, work from home kind of trauma we've all been through. Um, and that also, that'll bring us to the topic I want to get to. Spoiler alert, it's called Digital HQ. But I have one more thread from actually last episode where, again, this pendulum swinging both ways. We talked last time, Chris, about quiet quitting, right? This idea of just putting in the minimum, doing your work, and not attaching yourself or going that extra mile to what's going on around you. And so the corollary to that, the pendulum swinging the other way, you've probably heard this term too. So the new variation of that is quiet firing, right? Where it's the opposite. Well, that's how you want to play the game, worker. Well, I'm your boss and I decide who gets advancements and promotions around here. And guess what? If I don't see you, I'm not going to know how you're really performing. And so this is, the, you know, the, it's another kind of a bit of a, subtle way to say, you know, you really need to be here. 
if you're going to be part, really part of the team and help us grow and succeed and hit our goals. And, you know, otherwise you're just not going to make it. So if you're on that track of your work is a little more career oriented, and we know that's really the knowledge worker space, Chris, not the whole workforce, but every organization has a pecking order of some kind. And so, again, that pendulum goes both ways. Both sides can play the game and, you know, it's like, okay, where's that balance going to be? We don't know, but that's the pushback to that pushback, right? And that, that dynamic will always ebb and flow, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that quiet quitting is not a recipe for success in most places. I think if you're thinking that that's how you're functioning, then you're really in the wrong place. One of the things that you know, it's always worth thinking about is kind of what's your, tra what's your trajectory for being someplace? Like, what do you, what, what do you need to do? And what's expected on both sides in order to move forward, right? Because you don't necessarily want to be in the same place five years from now. And the chances are, if you are, you're going to be less attractive to the, comp whatever you're working for in, in many roles. And again, we always have to caveat, as you did, that we're not talking about every kind of worker. But usually people want to advance in some way. And I just think that if you're really feeling disconnected and disillusioned enough to be quiet quitting, then probably the first thing to do would be to try to look for a different place to be, you know? For sure. For sure. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's get to the Thank news of the moment. Yes. And thanks again for the comments. Uh, and just so you know, we do respond to them, to our yes. listeners. And keep them coming. No charge. Okay. Let's, uh, okay, let's get on to what's happening right now. And so in the, our time of recording this week, it is the Dreamforce conference that I did not attend in person. Salesforce is certainly a company you cannot accuse of thinking small. Um, you know, nobody, I think, is, tries to be more disruptive than Mark Benioff and his whole vision of, the, of where tech is going. So at Dreamforce, as we as you, we we should know uh, at this point, you know they they absorbed Slack, acquired them uh, last year, I guess, and you know they've it, it's a little bit the way like Microsoft acquired Skype. They have they're not quite related, but there are pieces that fit, so they have to find a home for them. Skype is as we've talked about before, you know they were a very disruptive force, and they, I still think they had a lot of elements that are the right idea for how work should get done in today's world. And we heard this week from Dreamforce kind of like a new vision that they have that kind of keeps Salesforce front and center in uh, the enterprise world, but also gives Slack a lot of runway to be a big part of things going forward. So what they've talked about is this term called digital HQ. And I think, Chris, it, it, it's a larger reflection of how digital transformation is kind of a driving force for everything that we do. And with pandemic turning everything upside down about how we actually run organizations, this is turning into, I think, one of those potential moments to say, you know what, maybe this is the time we kind of do a clean slate, look at the role of IT, data, information, knowledge management, all the kind of ingredients that, that make the organization go when you marry people skills you've got to have the tools to use those skills and apply them to run the business so that's kind of a 
kind of the story they're putting forward where Slack is kind of that persistent engine for, you know, sharing information, you know, and managing workflows and stuff like that. But then bigger picture of, okay, well, where does all this data live? Who manages it? You know, and obviously Salesforce with CRM is a big part of that. And something that doesn't get talked about a lot, Chris, is also they made it another one of their big acquisitions a few years back was Tableau, which is business intelligence. And that's a huge part of that story. And now this, that kind of like puts us into this, I think, into the universe of the Deloitte's and IBM's and whatever, uh, Capgemini's of the world, right? This Accenture, right? This, this is their bread and butter, isn't it? I mean, in terms of setting that up for clients or operating with it or both? Well, I think they would, they're setting it up. And I think where this digital HQ is coming into play, it's almost like they can offer and they have marketed themselves this way as providing like consulting services. So this, these will be the expertise for enterprises to kind of maybe do this reboot of how they think about all of these things. I think you're right, John. And I think that there's a lot of consulting and advisory and implementation business around several aspects of this reboot, including things like physical design of the workplace and all of the technologies that are showcased there. And the idea of a digital HQ is that's a good way to describe the vision. I don't think these are this this consortium or Salesforce and its associated companies is is the only player though don't you think that they may be successful at it somebody is going to win some market dominance but when you think about it isn't this similar to what microsoft has tried to do for years with teams with the latest teams being the latest incarnation and microsoft office uh, sharepoint etc i mean it's not necessarily a new vision but maybe there's a way to win with newer technology and also um, it's more, it just gets more and more suited to the needs of the workplace, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, I don't think they're afraid of anybody, you know, and I'm sure this gets into territory of, you know, SAP and Oracle and you get into all of these big enterprise, which is not my expertise, that's for sure. But it, you know, in my vision, you know, the kernel of this comes from, oh, they've acquired Slack. So that's very native to my world of communications and collaboration. And, but they're, I think they're kind of advocating a bigger vision here where Slack has a little bit, you know, ha has a different kind of a role to play in taking this kind of, you know, start from the ground up. And, you know, if that puts us head to head with Microsoft, I'm sure they could, couldn't be happier. That's kind of the way they like to do things. I know, I know. So I've, I'll put forward a thought on this. I've used all these tools and you and I are advisors, consultants. And so, you know, we, we typically lean very heavily on both in our own operations and with our clients. And we've all worked at places where you use tools like this. And uh, I think there, I think we're the area that I find the most uh, disparity and really the most ripe area to work on with these types of tools is what I would call the, the, the junction between communications and unstructured data, which means that the, the, the tools tend to be good at communicating, i.e. 
you know, having good email and good messaging and all kind of, like Slack has all kinds of way to structure little rooms and uh, chats, etc. But then you also need to be able to have a good way to manage documents and and somehow integrate that with this idea of the teams. And Microsoft's been trying to do that for a long time with the with the with SharePoint and all its other tools. SharePoint's actually a pretty old tool by this point. But I think you I think that the, if you're really going to be operative in the environment, you need integration between the communications tools and the data storage tools. And by the way, analytics too, back to your point about Tableau, exactly. but also with spreadsheets and all of that. And they're kind of two different worlds. And, you know, it's getting better all the time as the song goes, but I haven't seen, I still think there's work to do to make it seamless. And then when you add the AR, VR aspect of it, that's another whole area of opportunity in AI. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So to me, this could be a way for, you know, for new companies to, if they kind of, if this is in their DNA from scratch, um, new organizations, I think, could scale up very quickly if they can leverage this and kind of, you know, become players a lot faster than they would have 10 or 20 years ago. And, and I think likewise for existing enterprises, you know, I could see them like creating little side projects of maybe take one op, maybe one line of business or one regional operation and let them try it out from the ground up and see how you can reinvent all of this stuff. It's really about to me about workflows, si you know, working across silos and sharing information, you know, in a completely digital fashion and with digital kind of sensibilities and DNA, which means everything's got to be open, you know, on, you know, common platforms, uh, you know, and applying the AI because you need those analytics because now you're creating all this massive data. What do you do with it? And that's where the tableaus of the world, I think, come into play to organize it. And as you say, Chris, bring some value out of unstructured forms of, of communication, which is where the speech technology is so important because we're now with good AI speech recognition, right? You can convert conversations into data streams. Now they can be part of that, what what is called dark data, right? All the stuff that isn't being captured that's all around us now can be kind of put into that pot and just make it even that much more richer. Well, that's a whole topic in itself, right? Yeah. I mean, I, it, but there's just all these little, I would call it, awkward odds and ends in most of these systems where uh, they're either going to get solved by the big players or they're going to get solved by acquisition you know by startup and acquisition and there's certainly a lot of fertile ground i mean if you look at the success of figma right which just earned a huge amount of money just you know uh, a huge valuation aimed more at software development i think but still you know productivity basically and, and I, so there may be more of these. And certainly I do a lot of startup mentoring and there's a fair number of startups even that cross my radar screen that are trying to work on this coming out of the pandemic era and rethink how all of this works. But, but there's just a lot of stuff. Like, I mean, I'm going to mention one in particular, right? Which is just an example where at this point in most of these systems, there's no good transparent way to do what DocuSign does. Right? So think about the number of times you have to scan documents back in just because you had to sign them. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, improving little stuff like that, like real verification, authentication, verifying identity, and then thus allowing something to stand legally as a signature is, is just, just, just one tiny area of integration with all of this that could really improve productivity. But I'm sure you could cite, you know, uh, dozens of more examples, right? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. This is a, a couple of episodes worth of, uh, Yes, you know, I wouldn't call them rabbit holes. I just think areas to explore because, uh, again, is this the is this kind of the, the the money shot opportunity for Salesforce to get value out of Slack? In other words, you know, it's like a solution, a problem looking for a solution, or is it just really good vision? And I, I don't know yet. And you know, Salesforce is Salesforce; they do what they want to do. But that's fine. I mean, sometimes the, the good disruption does come from the big players. And um, but I do think they're on to something. That's the, that's why I wanted us to talk about it today, because I do think this digital HQ concept could be part of the bigger story of return to office if they can get it right. You know, this this shows you the value and the benefit of being there because ultimately they want you in there because that's how you build culture and you know and all those personal connections and mentoring and the, and the good things about being in an office but i think this digital hq can be part of that story but also if if done well it can also be a great way to support those people at home too so it kind of it can solve all of these problems if it's done right and i guess we'll just have to see watch this space right but this is a really good space and we i think we would urge our listeners to stay tuned to this watch what salesforce and the other players are doing uh, think about it with respect to your organization but also just what the technology opportunities might be uh, and think about where this is heading because it might be really helpful in the long run as we move into this new era of work right john Yes, and just as we want our listeners to watch this space, of course, we are watching this space. So we're trying to stay on top of it too, and we'll continue to do so. This stuff certainly plays well into what I do in my wearing my analyst hat, and uh, it's just yet another layer of innovation and change that never seems to stop. So that takes us time, Chris, and uh, we want to thank uh, all of you out there for listening today. And we hope you'll stay with us as we continue to explore the future of work here on Watch This Space. You can access all of our episodes at www.watchthisspace.tech or wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. Uh, I can tell you that uh, Apple seems to be pulling the best amongst the platforms that we use, uh, that are, we're aligned with, I should say. So we are getting some from Amazon. We are getting some, you know, across a few of them. So we're not that hard to find, and we're going to try to make it easier to find. So there you are. And as always, if you like what you hear, please leave a review or a rating. And as we said earlier, give us comments. We'll take your ideas. Maybe we can do future episodes around that. So with that, I am John Arnold. And I'm Chris Fine. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to us. Uh, we value your listenership and your comments and thoughts, and we will be back next month with another episode of Watch This Space.